Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Men in White. The starring players... This is Gene Hirschholt. This is Louise Albritton. And this is Jim Craig. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in a revival of a famous play and Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's motion picture, Man in White, by Sidney S. Kingsley. It stars Gene Herschel in his original role of Dr. Hochberg, Louise Albritton as Laura Hudson, and James Craig as Dr. Ferguson. As Dr. George Ferguson, in turn, walked down the hospital corridor to his quarters, he was at peace with the world. He had just saved a man's life by quick and proper treatment. The world-famous surgeon, Dr. Hochberg, had chosen him to become his assistant as soon as he had completed his formal studies. And he had an often postponed date with his fiancée, Laura Hudson. Then, just as he was turning into his room to dress for the evening... One of the older staff doctors advised him that he would have to stay in for the evening to perform a transfusion. Disappointed, Dr. Ferguson turned and went up on the roof, where Laura, her father, and Dr. Hochberg were waiting for him. What's delaying George, Dr. Hochberg? Well, Laura, when I came up here on the roof, he was just going into the operating room. Well, I want to see him. I haven't had a real kiss for days. They make a slave of that boy here, Hochberg, and he doesn't get a dime. Oh, <laughs> well... Watch your blood pressure, Hudson. George is not here for the money. He's here to learn. The harder he works, the more he learns. When he comes with me, his pay is going to be $20 a week. But there's a chance to work. $20 a week. Laura, it's a good thing I've got the money to keep you two going. Mr. Hudson, Laura, George is a fine boy with great promise. Please do not spoil him. The doctor's character is as important as his skill. The next five years are the crucial years in that boy's life. They're going to tell whether he becomes an important man or not. George is an important man right now, Hockey, to me. To you? Well, I don't count. Who says you don't count? Oh, George, darling. I thought you'd never get here. Oh, George, uh, my secretary is tending to the wedding invitations. Better get your list into him and see him about your visas, too. Oh, uh, yes, sir. You know, Laura, 
I still can't believe it's going to happen. Oh, neither can I. Vienna's going to be lots of fun. Fun? Oh, you don't know. Wait till you've seen the Praetor. George is going to Vienna to study with von Eiselberg, Laura. When I visited von Eiselberg, his students spend all the time working. Oh, with an occasional glass of beer for relaxation. That's what George's Vienna is going to be, Laura. Oh, stop being a killjoy, hockey. Come on over to the other side of the roof, George, where we won't have to listen to him. Go ahead, George. I'll call you when I want you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Hagberg. George, dear, let me look at you. Your eyes are tired. I didn't have much sleep last night. It was a very sick house. You're overworked, and I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I don't seem to get a kick out of life anymore unless you're around. And that's not very often, is it? Well, we'll make up for it. Later on, all through the years. I wish I'd lived all my life with you. I wish I'd been born in the same room with you and, and played in the same streets. I'm glad you missed them. They were ordinary and gloomy. Well, it was all right for me. I was busy. All my life, I've wanted to be a fine doctor, and when Hartberg picked me to work with him, it justified all the tough years. It means so much, doesn't it? Everything. And all the time you were working, I, I was being just another poor little rich girl. Then I met you, and... Well, I, I guess you're the only thing in the world I ever really wanted. Laura, darling. Calling Dr. Ferguson. Calling Dr. Ferguson. Oh, why does that voice always have to search us out and spoil everything? It's no use, Angel. That's my call. All right, go on. Go to work. But remember, tonight I have you all to myself. Uh... Laura, I've got bad news. I can't make it tonight. I have to stay in. Again? I'm sorry I tried to get out of it, but I couldn't. There's a transfusion I have to do. George, after Vienna, when we come back to New York, can't we arrange our lives like human beings? You can open an office, have regular hours, specialize. But, but I'm to work with Hockberg. That's just it. I know hockey. I'll never see you. Laura... All my life I've worked. Worked hard for a chance to be with a man like Hartberg. I can't give that up. But our life together, George, nothing can be as important as that. But can't you see, this work of mine will make our lives important. Dr. Ferguson, calling Dr. Ferguson. <sighs> They're calling you. I've been expecting that call. A little girl is very ill. Then go. Oh, I can't continue this way, George. I'd much rather break off right now. Go on, take care of your little girl. <laughs> You, you saved the child's life, Dr. Ferguson. That's what I've been training all my life for, isn't it? Isn't that all I live for? Yes, sir. I suppose it is. Well, forget it. Get that tray and the rest of the mess out of here. I'll wait till you come back. Yes, sir. Oh. What's the matter with you, nurse? I... This is my first case with a sick child. I thought she was going to die. And I got to like her an awful lot. Mm. First case. I... Student nurse. English, aren't you? Yes, sir. What's your name? Denning. Barbara Denning. I know how you feel, Barbara. Mm. Nerves all tied up in a knot. Want to yell. I feel the same way myself. Take my advice. Now, get as far away from this hospital as you can tonight. Have a good time. Relax. Forget the hospital. I can't. I... I have an exam in Materia Medica tomorrow. Materia Medica? Yes. Hmm. I think I have some notes that might help you. Oh? I'll leave them with the orderly on the first floor. Well, thank you, Doctor. If, uh, 
If she wakes up in any pain, give her a hypo. Yes. And if her temperature goes below normal, call me. I'll be in. Tonight, too? Yes, tonight, too. Hello, George. I uh, just stopped by to tell you that it won't be necessary for you to stay in tonight. But what about the transfusion for the boy in 401? He passed away about ten minutes ago. Oh. Good night, George. Good night. I'll see you in the morning. Operator, give me Atwater 90032. Hello, Laura. Look, dear, I can make it tonight after all. Well, I'm afraid I can't. Oh, what do you mean? Well, you can hardly expect me to be sitting waiting for the phone whenever it's convenient to you. I've made other plans. But, Laura... I'm in a hurry, George. But what about our plans, our engagement, Vienna? There's no use talking about that, George. You made your choice this afternoon. Laura, please. Please, Laura. doing here? Well, I came for those notes you were going to give me. Oh, of course. I forgot. Stupid of me. Let's see. What was it? Materia Medica? Yes, uh-huh. Well, I, I had them here someplace. I suppose I oughtn't to have come to your room. Pathology, histology. No, no. I hope nobody saw me. Oh, here it is. Materia Medica. Thank you. Uh, not at all. I hope there's some help. Well, I'll return them to you in the morning. Oh, dear. What's wrong? The head nurse, right outside. See you? No, I don't think so. Well, wait a minute. She'll be gone. Better sit down. Yes, thanks. Ah, uh, don't mind me tonight. You... You work hard, don't you? Work? Sure. What else is there but work, work, work? Oh, I'm... I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. You know, when I thought that child was going to die, I rather got the feeling that I... Well... <laughs> I can't put it in words. I know that feeling. You too? Yes, me too. I'm tired of work and blood and sweat and pain. The born for one is dead. And you begin to wonder. You begin to wonder, does anything make any difference? Yes. And you get so lonely. You feel that tomorrow it's me. And the only thing that matters is just being alive. Just being alive now. George. I'm sorry, Barbara. Please don't feel that I just... No, no, no. Thank you, Barbara. I was lonesome and unhappy and... No, please. Don't explain. You don't have to explain anything to me. Ever. What? I was lonesome and unhappy, too. I wanted you to kiss me. Oh. Well... I'd better see if the coast is clear so you can get back to your quarters. Yes, I suppose you had better. If uh, anyone should find you here, we'd both be dismissed. Yes, of course. Now, step back against the wall so yes. that no one can see you from the corridor when I open the door. Yes. 
Is there someone there, George? Yes. The head nurse is still standing out there. Oh, do you think she saw me come in here? I don't know. Well, if she did, I'll take the blame, George. Don't be an idiot. Your career is much too important to be ruined just because I was lonesome and unhappy. I, too, was lonesome and unhappy, Barbara. We're in this together. Then I don't care what happens. George. Yes, Barbara. Kiss me again. Again. And again. Act One of Men in White, starring James Craig, Louise Albritton, and Jean Herschelt. Before we hear Act Two, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. Last Saturday afternoon, I went shopping with a friend while she bought a new dress. At one of her favorite shops, the salesgirl brought out, oh, six or eight dresses before she saw one that really pleased her. Oh, that's very smart, my friend said, and it's such a lovely shade of green. Well, she tried the dress on. But she was so disappointed when she looked in the mirror. Anybody could see that the shade of green was not the shade of green for her. It gave her skin a pale, faded look, actually put years on her face. Now, you know, the wrong shade of face powder can be just as cruel to a woman's beauty as that green dress was to my friend. Even though a shade looks attractive in the box, even though it seems right when you rub it on the back of your hand, still, when you put that shade of powder on your face... It may dim your natural freshness. It may make you look a little older. Of course, there's only one way to find your most flattering shade of face powder. You must try the nine basic shades until you find the one shade that is your lucky shade. So I'll send you all nine basic shades of Lady Esther face powder at no cost to you. Then you can look into your mirror and have the exciting experience of discovering the one shade that's right for you. The minute you smooth it on... You'll know it. The shade that'll make you say how much younger I look, how much softer and fresher my skin looks. So just send me a penny postcard with your name and address. And by return mail, you'll receive all nine exquisite shades of Lady Esther face powder. All the address you need is Lady Esther, Chicago. Lady Esther, Chicago. Now we raise the curtain on the second act of Men in White, starring Jean Herschelt as Dr. Hochberg, James Craig as Dr. George Ferguson, and Louise Albritton as Laura Hudson. several months since the night that Dr. Ferguson and Laura Hudson quarreled over the demands that medicine made upon the young doctor's time. Laura has won her struggle, and Dr. Ferguson has put aside his lifelong dream of working with Dr. Hochberg. As the curtain rises, Dr. Ferguson and Laura are waiting for Dr. Hochberg in his hospital office. Oh, darling, when I think of how close we came to drifting apart. Don't even talk about it. We'll be married in less than a week and on our way to Vienna. Well, so you finally returned, George. I know you've been away since 12 o'clock. I left Dr. Michelson in charge to cover for me, Dr. Hogberg. Did you give him instructions for all your patients? 
Well, he thought you had given antitoxin to the patient in 341. Well, I, I hadn't, but I intended to tell him. I guess I forgot. Forgot? Is that a thing to forget? Now, Hockey, don't blame George. It's my fault. I dragged him away. He's not supposed to leave the hospital at all. It's a very sick house. You know that, Dr. Ferguson? Yes, sir. But, Hockey, this was important. Really important. It was a rehearsal of our wedding. A rehearsal of your wedding? That's nice. Very nice. Upstairs in room 341, there's a boy all smashed to bits. There'll never be a wedding for him if he develops tetanus. You know what tetanus is, Laura? Locked jaw. Death in a horrible agony. Oh, Hockey, I'm sorry. Sorry? George has only a few more days in the hospital, my dear. I want him to keep his record clean. Of course. George. Yes? I understand that the hospital's board of directors have made a deal with Laura's father to appoint you to the staff in exchange for a certain amount of money. Well, yes. Do you still want to accomplish something in medicine? Certainly. Do you mean that? Yes. What are you driving at, Hockey? You love George, don't you, Laura? You know I do. And you and your father want to help him, of course. But you're not helping him. George, uh, that appointment to talk to you about, you won't be ready for it. Well, after your study in Vienna, I thought... One year? <laughs> no, George. Well, I didn't expect it to be easy. I counted on work, hard work. Ten years of it, then, yes. Really, Hockey, I don't see how the appointment is going to hurt George. There are a great many things you can't see, Laura. Well, if George goes into practice, we'll have some time to ourselves. Time? How? There are only 24 hours in a day. He's going to work with me, and if... Or is he? Are you George? Oh, Hockey, we're young. We love each other. We want a little more out of life than just... I see. I see. So you've decided not to come with me next year, George. Well, after all, Hockey, we feel we'll be happier that way, and... Of course, Laura. It's George's life and yours. You have a right to decide for yourselves what you're going to do with it. Better get into your uniform, George. We may have to operate shortly. A new case has come in on the surgical service. One of our own nurses. That nice little English girl. What's her name? Oh, yes, Denon, Barbara Denon. Oh, you yes. remember her? Yes, I remember her. An excellent nurse. Poor child. Such a nice little girl, too. Peritonitis. Peritonitis? How bad is it? Temperature 105, blood count way up. What happened? Ruptured appendix? Much more serious than that. <laughs> you uh, like this gypsy restaurant, George? I guess so. Ah, it's good to get away from the hospital once in a while. Mm-hmm. The nurse told me you watched the Barbara Denon case all last night, George. Ah, that was very thoughtful. Temperature down this morning, huh? Yes. How was the boy in 341? Well, I examined the x-rays. He has a fracture of the tibia of the left leg. No further evidence of internal injury. I guess he'll be all right. Good, good. He's a lucky boy. He looked badly hurt. Dr. Hogberg, there's something I got to tell you. I know, I know. Uh, eat your lunch and try to forget it. But you don't understand. I'm going to marry Barbara Denning. I see. You saved some money then? 
Out of what? Well, how are you going to support her? I'm going into practice. Give up all you worked for? Do you still want to work with me, George? You can if you want to. And in time, you'll be a great doctor. I'm going into practice, I tell you. In that case, you're true. You're finished. You're going to wind up an unhappy failure because you... All right, then I'm through. What good's a profession that can't give you bread and butter after you sweat it out ten years of your life on it? If I can't make a go of practice, I'll find a job at something else. I can always make a living. They told me at the hospital I'd find you here, Hockey. Laura. I'm sailing on the Olympics tonight, Hockey. I wanted to see you. Alone. Laura, please... I'll be at the hospital, Dr. Hartberg. All right. Sit down, Laura. Well, I got spanked all right, Hockey. Harder than you deserved. Better now than later. I'm washed up with the whole business. Yes, of course. You feel that you can... It was can... a pretty rotten trick. You know that. I know nothing. Except a human body. A little. And I have never met a man or a woman so wise that impulse couldn't make a fool of them. You think I still care? Well, I don't. Well, that's fine. And it doesn't make any difference to you that right now he's thrown his life away. None at all. Well, I'll have to get back to the hospital. Uh, why don't you ride along with me? Uh, I'd like to talk to you about your father. You know, Laura, he's smoking entirely too much for a minute. doing here? Well, Dr. Hockberg asked me to meet him in his office. Where is he? I don't know. He came in and then went right out. Laura, I, I don't want you to go away feeling like this. What difference does it make how I feel? A great deal to me. Of course. I love you, Laura. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I don't care whether you believe it or not, but I do. Then how... Oh, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense, George, except... Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, George. Yes, Dr. Hagberg? I wish you'd have a look at the Boeing 341. Right away, sir. Well, Laura? Oh, I don't know, Hockey. I don't know. The Denon girl hasn't a chance. Blood clot on the lung. Temperature clear off the chart. Oh, we've tried everything. Caffeine intravenously, adrenaline directed to the heart. All useless. I, uh, I didn't want to tell George just yet. Is she suffering? I was able to save her that. She, uh, she asked to see you, Laura. Will you? Oh, of course, Hockey. Of course. in there with her now, George. I sent for you because I'm sure she'll want to see you. And it's only a matter of minutes. Isn't there anything... Don't you know something we can do? No, there's nothing more we can do, George. Nothing. Then what's the use? What good is all of this? Why go on? We don't know anything. We're only guessing. There isn't a man in medicine, George, who hasn't said what you've just said and meant it for a minute. All of us, George. And you're right. You're groping. You're guessing. But at least our guesses today are closer than they were 20 years ago. And 20 years from now, they'll be still closer. She wants to see George, Hockey. 
Laura, will you wait until I come back? Yes, George. I'll wait. Thank you. Oh, that poor, lonely child, Hockey. Do you really understand that, Laura? Of course I do. You've learned a lot. Grown up a lot. In just a few minutes. Well, if I have, Barbara taught me. Yes? Taught me how selfish I've been. How little I've understood the goal George is working toward. What a great doctor he can be if nothing distracts him. She's given me so much. If only there was something I could do to help her. To help? It's the only thing any of us want to do. That's why we do it, Laura. My father was a surgeon. A good one. I remember when I was a boy, about 13. He came to my room one night and apologized because he was going to die. His heart had gone bad on him. Oh, he could have lived 20 years longer if he'd quit work and taken it easy. But he wouldn't quit. He used to say, above all else is humanity. Well, that's a pretty big thought, Laura. Alongside of it, you and I don't really matter very much. George, is she... She's dead, Laura. Oh, poor thing. Uh, you two wait here for me. I'll be back. Well, goodbye, George. Goodbye. I'm sailing for Europe tonight. I know. What are your plans, George? Work. Work. With Hochberg? Yes, after I've studied in Vienna. I can work my way through. George, let's go someplace where we can talk this over. Quietly and sanely. No, Laura. This is where I belong. I know. You understand? Yes, George. And you're right. You've always been right. You and Hockey. It's... It's bigger than any of us. Dr. Ferguson. Calling Dr. Ferguson. Well, that's your call, George. Goodbye. Goodbye, Laura. When will you arrive in Vienna, George? Oh, in about three months. Calling Dr. Ferguson. Calling Dr. Ferguson. I'll wait in Vienna, George. I'll be... I know. You'll be frightfully busy, but... Well, there'll be moments, and... Ella, I better get accustomed to waiting, George. Dr. Ferguson, Dr. Hochberg, calling Dr. Ferguson and Dr. Hochberg. You are wanted in the operating room. Emergency. Laura. Yes, George? Will you wait until I come back? Of course I'll wait, George. Of course. Thank you, Jean Hersholt, Louise Albritton, and James Craig for your fine performances tonight with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players. Thank you, Mr. Bradley. This is my first appearance here, and I'm looking forward to the next one already. Mr. Hersholt, president of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, has explained to me that the fund receives the benefits from this series of programs. That's true, Louise. The money helps to support the Motion Picture Relief Fund's country house and clinic. And we are very grateful to you and Mr. Craig for appearing with us. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Mr. Hersholt. 
Ladies, you may like the texture of the face powder you're using, but what about the shade? Can you truthfully say that it does anything for your skin, makes it look lovelier, younger? Or is it just a flat, lifeless film that hides the shine but does nothing more? The shade of face powder you use can make a tremendous difference in your appearance. This very moment you may be innocently using a shade of powder that makes your skin look a little faded, a little older. But the right shade can do such wonderful things for your skin. Make it look so much younger. Now here's your chance to find your most flattering shade, without cost. If you'll send me your name and address on a penny postcard, I'll see that you receive all nine shades of Lady Esther face powder. Try them one after another. And when you come to the shade that makes your skin look smoother, clear and full of life, you'll say, There, that's the shade for me. So don't forget to send me your name and address to Lady Esther, Chicago. Yes, that's all the address you need. Lady Esther, Chicago. Next week... The Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Once Upon a Honeymoon. It will star Linda Darnell and Ray Milland. Be sure to listen. Gene Hersholt is the star of the Dr. Christian program. James Craig can now be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture, The Human Comedy. Louise Albritton can soon be seen starring in the universal production, Fired Wife. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials... By the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Mm-hmm.